This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, we have packed a few different shows together that we call Highlights to help you to get the most bang for your time and educating you on the topics that you want to learn from. We would love to hear from you. I am grateful that you are with us today. Have a blessed day. Our guest is Eric Upchurch. Thanks for being on the show, Eric. Thank you, Whitney. Glad to be here. How did you pick that coach? What was important there, you know, about that specific coach that said, okay, you know, this is this is the one, because there's numerous, I get calls every week from people saying, Whitney, do you know this coach? Why, you know, should I take this coach? Should I pay this much money? All these things. So it's a big decision. And, you know, how did you decide that? I believe a lot of things happen for a reason. And when I left the service, I did a lot of soul searching. I was in therapy for three years after I left my special operations unit and kind of learned a lot about myself and who I am and what my mission in life is. My life mission is to educate, empower, and to help people grow. And I found somebody, thankfully, and and it just happens to be Rod Cleef. And I know that there are a lot of great coaches out there and mentors out there, and they do great things for people. But you've got to have the right frequency and the right resonance with the person that you trust to bring you up in in an industry or in something you're trying to learn. And so one of the things that really stood out to me with that program and with him in particular is we were writing our book, Military House Hacking, and just the manuscript was kind of... We we're going back and forth. This is me and Mark Young, our CEO. And at that first boot camp, he didn't know me from anybody else in the audience. And I went up to him and I said, Hey, let me tell you a little bit about who I am and what we do. Will you write the forward to our book? And it was a bold move. But you know, I was sitting there learning through through that process, like be bold, you know, go with intention. And so I was like, whatever, he was in between like this break in between his pieces. And I was just like, well, I'm gonna interrupt him real quick. I know he's trying to get grab some water, but I'm gonna go ask him. And he did. And so with that, I just kind of started to see his heart a little bit. And to me, I look for those things. I look for those things in everybody that I'm networking with, like, what are they trying to get? What are they? What are they made of? And then how do you how do you feel? Oftentimes, if you've got a gut instinct about somebody, it's right for you. It's not necessarily right for everybody, but you got to go with your gut instinct on people. So interesting. I, I, obviously, I've got to know Rod as well and a great guy who's done amazing things in this industry. And so tell me though, what happened then? Well, what happened to, to get you say to, you know, even doing your own deals now and, you know, successful of you all, as you all have been now? So intention is one. So I had the kind of path laid out for me, right? Because I chose and I committed, but it was just execution. And it was intentionally paying attention to the people around me. I said, you know what? I'm going to be that guy who's always on the coaching calls. I'm going to always be doing the homework that's required of me. I'm going to always be pushing forward and doing the action steps necessary. And I'm also going to put myself out there on social media, which is when you don't know... And I've talked to so many people in the last two years that are so uncomfortable being in front of a camera. And nobody really likes the way they sound on camera or you know, nobody likes the way they look necessarily on camera. Everyone's kind of got that fear of just being on TV or on YouTube or whatever it is. But you got to break through that. And so I said, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to... The first time I was ever on a Facebook Live, I had a script. I was so terrified. Like I didn't know what I was going to say. You know, I can relate. Huh? Yeah. And so I just said... In this community, this multifamily community, I'm going to be present. And I'm going to try and help as many people as possible. And I'm not going to quit until that first deal happens. Because I understood, and a lot of your listeners can probably relate to this, that first deal is the hardest and most critical deal to get done. So what happened was, to answer your question, people started noticing who I was. And they resonated. A couple people resonated with me. And they reached out and said, Would you like to be on this You know, as part of this deal with me? And so 
I was able to co-sponsor a couple deals, work with other groups initially. And then towards the end of last year, our team, the team that I had built with Active Duty Passive Income that we built together, we started syndicating our own deals and closed an 80 unit and a 71 pad mobile home park. Eric, I ask every guest how they like to give back. And I know that's a big thing for you. I'd love for you to elaborate a little bit on just how you give back and, and your goal there. Well, as we said earlier, we're going to end veteran homelessness this decade. There are uh, back in 2018, I think it was December 2018, 38,000 homeless veterans were counted in one night and, across the country. And so the goal, 38,000 homeless veterans is a large number, but it's not at the same time. It, that is an achievable thing. 38,000 veterans to get them off the streets into housing that they deserve is a goal of mine. And so we are partnering up with Veterans Community Project out of Kansas City originally. They built 50 tiny homes, permanent structures, not, not on wheels or anything. Very unique system. It's all privately funded. So we're raising $35,000 right now to build one house. That was a goal of mine for this year, just to build one. We've raised over $20,000 for that right now. The next project is Longmont, Colorado. They're building 26 homes on a parcel that was subordinated to them. And then after that is St. Louis, Orlando. So they actually now have 3,000 cities across the U.S that have committed to the Veterans Community Project organization to follow suit and to bring the organization into the town to end veteran homelessness. So pretty neat. It's going to happen. Adrian, welcome to the show. I've enjoyed just even reading a little bit about you and your background. And I know we have some commonality between your background in law enforcement, mine in law enforcement, military, and some of the things that some of the research that we did, just even thinking through how that shaped who you are and your mindset. And now how you've become an entrepreneur after that. I want to get into that because I feel like that's so helpful to listeners to hear. And then there's the importance of mindset, how you did that, but then also making that transition into real estate from this career that you had. It's a difficult decision, right? <laughs> to step out and to do that. Let's jump right in. Give the listeners a little more about you know, maybe your background in law enforcement to some extent, but then let's talk about that transition to full-time real estate. Thanks and pleasure to be on the show with me as well. Thanks for having me. But yeah, it all started for me. I was a police officer for 21 years in the GTA, Toronto, Canada. Worked in all different facets of the police department, right from starting on the road to homicide bureau, for example, and everything in between. But nevertheless, probably around my 10th or 11th year of policing, I thought that I wanted to buy maybe one or two investment properties and subsidize my pension after I put in my 30 years on the job. So it started about 11 years ago. My wife and I at that time, we had no money in the bank. We had a decent income, but there wasn't a lot of savings per se. But what we did have is we had equity in our home. We leveraged, ultimately, we leveraged that equity through a home equity line of credit. We used that line of credit to start buying investment properties. I want to say back then, give or take, we started with a $200,000 home equity line. We used that to buy our first three rental properties. Again, I was still a police officer, still working shift works, court, family man, a daughter, the white picket fence, the whole nine yards. Yeah, I got into it quite aggressively while I was still a police officer and I was managing all the stuff on my own. And it went well. You know, my mindset back then again was I wanted one or two to subsidize my pension when I retire. So I could live the same lifestyle financially. 
And being a police officer, I think, helped with that mindset of, if you want to call it, taking risks or stepping outside of your comfort zone, getting involved and leveraging essentially everything I had, which was only equity in my home, leveraging all of that in order to get my foot in the door and you know pull the trigger and take action. So if anybody ever has an, something to say about taking action, believe me, it's me because the action I took 11 years ago by starting to invest in real estate completely changed the course of my life. I was able to retire early, completed 21 years of service as opposed to 30, changed my life financially in the sense where what started out as a mindset of having two rental properties. We now have just shy of 70 rental properties that we own in partnership with our business partners. And it's equivalent to about 350 units that we own. And again, this all started with, I want to own maybe one or two rental properties to now, not to sound pompous, but an empire of investment property. Busy, but a pretty good 11 years of investing in real estate. I appreciate all that that you said. I love the mindset piece. And I want us to get into that just a little bit especially from policing. And you know, the listeners know a little bit about my background in policing and military and how that helped me. And, but I also want to mention to the listeners as well, Adrian, you're, obviously you're in Canada. They do not like legally syndicate deals the same way we do in the US. So there's a little difference there, just so the listener understands that as we're talking about these projects and stuff. But Man, you moved fast. And, and I love that you even mentioned, hey, you know, I just wanted to subsidize my income I have a couple of rentals and then look at what's happened, right? I was so similar and I want to thank you for your service as well. I definitely, it's such a difficult position and I appreciate your transparency around too. Hey, we didn't even have anything in savings, right? We, no money in the bank, but we knew that, hey, we needed to get started. We need, we need to do something to subsidize, you know, and, and this was, this was 10 years before you retired, before you left policing. And I did something very similar. I was making like 20 8,000 a year, something, you know, it was like no room for advancement, no way to hardly make any more money without working just every bit of overtime I possibly could. And even then I might get to like 35, 6,000 a year, you know, you know what? I can buy a couple rentals, right? And we made a bunch of mistakes and learned a lot the hard way, but thankfully we didn't quit there either. So it's interesting, just the similarities. But I appreciate your transparency around that. Speak to, you know, the mindset from policing and how that shaped you into being an entrepreneur and pushing forward in this real estate business. Yeah, I, I think part of our previous careers as police officers, we quite often, even just the course of a shift, you're always stepping outside of your comfort zone, responding to different 911 calls and different kind of walks of life and whatnot. And how did that relate to real estate? Well, when you have no money in the bank, I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have a coach. None of one of my friends or family really was investing in real estate. So essentially, I didn't have anybody to lean on other than taking action and taking the plunge and pulling the trigger. My comfort level, I think, too, was at the end of the day, you know, I always looked at it. I'm buying bricks and mortar, right? I'm not buying a stock, something that has a potential to disappear overnight like that. Even if the market took a dip, I thought, okay, worst case scenario, I ride the wave and I still have that tangible asset. And I think, too, that's what peace of mind helped me as well. That, hey, worst case scenario, it takes a dip, but I'm, I'm not going to lose my shirt. I'm not going to lose my shirt because there will always be a need for people to rent who can't afford to home ownership at the moment for themselves. So yeah, did I step out of my comfort zone? Big time. And 
I, there was some sleepless nights, <laughs> you know, when we first got started thinking, oh, did we make the right move and everything? 10 years later, 350 units later, here we are. I don't think personally, and again, it's just a personal opinion, but I don't think there's a safer avenue to invest your money other than real estate. Than real estate. Because again, ride the wave. Market's going to go up, it's going to come down, but most millionaires are made by real estate, right? Right. 90% of them actually are more. Could not agree more. And you have control, right? You, you do not have control over your Apple stock or your Walmart stock or whatever. You know, and no matter how much you buy at Walmart or how many iPhones you buy, <laughs> you know, you have no control. So I, I completely agree. Our team found this, you know, you've mentioned you look at real estate through time in the market rather than timing the market. I feel like by what you just said to it may be a good opportunity to just speak to that a little bit. Tell us more about what you mean by that. You always hear this story or you always hear that, not the story, the comment. A lot of people always say, you know, you have to time the market. You better really time the market and try and time the market and so on and so forth. And you know what? That could hold true a little bit. You know, I'm not saying there's no... There's no validity to that. But what I will also say is no one has a crystal ball. Trying to time the market, you better really, really know what you're doing and have a ton of experience and a ton of data. And then still, you can't say for sure what the market's going to do. We can predict or interpret the market, but we don't control the market. But what I know for sure, and those are a lot of what ifs with timing the market. But what I can say for sure is time in the market, you can't lose because... If you leave your money in real estate and you let it compound year after year, even if there's a slight dip or a bigger dip, but your money's safe in there and it's you can't lose. But if you put all your eggs in one basket and you're, let's just say you're doing a flip and you know in six months, you're expecting to make X amount of dollars, but in that six month, the market took a dip and now you're ready to flip. Well, your end result may not be as fruitful as you thought it was going to be. And it's very, very difficult to time the market as opposed to time in the market. You can't lose, in my opinion, can't lose time in the market. What are your thoughts on that? You have to get started, right? To have that time in the market. I love that. And it's, it goes back even to what we were saying earlier, just about the safety, the security of real estate versus some other types of investing. Couldn't agree more. I mean, I mean, it's, it's like you've said earlier. I mean, 90% of, of millionaires have been made in real estate. And I, what is it? Warren Buffett talks about, you know, it's like consistently investing. You know, it's like, you know, let's not try to time the market while he might have a very good understanding of timing the market. But still, he stresses like just consistently investing. You know, when it's high, when it's low, those are the ones that just continue to win, right? is the ones that are consistently investing. You know, I, w I wanted to also speak to, or, or let you speak to, just your growth to 300 plus units from just a few. How many did you have when you retired? You know, speak to a little bit, uh, maybe because you did that for 10 years before you retired. What did that look like? Full-time policing, building a real estate business. And then let's also get to like, knowing that, hey, it's time for me to retire. It's time for me to go do this full-time uh, as well. So first about full-time policing and growing your, your real estate uh, empire, you know, those 10 years. Before I left policing, I probably should have, I contemplated leaving probably two years before I actually did. And it was, again, intimidating because leaving that, you know, steady paycheck, the pension, the benefits, and every two weeks you're getting that paycheck regardless of how you feel and what you've done. It was intimidating. Why did I, I guess... Financially, my investments 
in real estate enabled me to leave. But while I was trying to carry both things going on, the real estate investing and the police department, I did that for the better part of probably five to seven years, burning the candle at both ends. And, you know, I'd go in for night shift and do a 12-hour shift, come home, sleep for three hours, then run out, check on the rental properties, you know, cut the grass, screen the tenants, show the properties, this and that go back in for another night shift. I was really burning the candle at both ends. Got to the point where it really wasn't enjoyable anymore because I was running around like an idiot, so to speak. So it got financially to the point I could. And lastly, I was actually getting pressure from my family saying, you know, especially my wife, we're financially sound. You don't need to kill yourself, you know, doing 14, 15 hours a day, which resonated with me because I wasn't in the happiest of spirits trying to juggle both and led me to finally pull pen and leave the police department. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today. 